The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 184th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I know it doesn't seem like it as of late, but I am still the host of this lovely, lovely podcast, this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is the man who's always here, busting his ass, grinding since day one. I got Floyd Johnson Jr. with me. My man, how are you doing? Dude, I am doing i feel like i'm living the longest period of my life the How countdown so? to cody mania uh is uh dragging i'm, I'm ready you don't say i am ready for march 30th i mean march 30th it's funny because i'm not even going in that day for anything wwe or cody related that's the ftr the live with dax FT, uh, ftr with dax live show going to that and it's that's going to be pretty cool Already got some. T- we got a, Jr. picked up the tequila in California that we're taking to the show. It's it's gonna be fun because you know honestly I think my favorite podcast, best podcast there is, best wrestling podcast there is. Other you know other than all things elite, and I can't wait to be there live. Lots of guest hosts, all that. They get lots of guests with them. I think it's Cash, Wardlow, Will Hobbs, and Spears, Sean Spears. So. They're all going to be there. They're all actually signing at WrestleCon, too. So that's going to be pretty cool. They're going to do the show. VIPs get to, you know, drink a little bit with them. Of course, I'm VIP. Of course. Of course. Because I have to support my boys. But, uh, yeah, because of that, because I have so much to look forward to. uh, And the Cody thing. I I know Cody's not in AEW anymore. But the reason there's all things elite from me is because of Cody. You know, that's why I got in AEW. That's why I got into the Young Bucks, the Elite, all that kind of stuff. It, Cody led the way, right? So, and I've always said this, and I'm going to be very short-winded on this one because I know I'm not going to go through the story all again. But um, this was the original plan before AEW was a thought. Mm-hmm. Cody builds up his name, builds up his brand, goes back to WWE and main events WrestleMania. This, right. this was the goal. So I have been, you know, hoping for this for years before it was a glimmer in anybody else's eyes. This is how it happens. I wasn't even going to the actual WrestleMania show. I was going to L.A. We were going to do WrestleCon, Supercard of Honor, and then 
JR was going to take the train back to uh, Bakersfield and watch the show, and I was going to fly home and watch WrestleMania at home for the first time since, you know, I guess, you know, you count the COVID year, but before then, it was like WrestleMania 29. So then Cody won, and that has changed everything. And now, between after the, the live show and then actually seeing Cody finally main event WrestleMania with Tiffany and JR. This feels like it's taking forever. Every second feels like a minute. Every minute feels like an hour. Every day feels like a week. And it's just like every, you know how, you know how positive and nice I am. Everything's annoying me. (laughs) It's just like, it's just like I'm irritated and I'm dieting, of course. So that probably adds a little bit to my irritation. So, you know, but you know what I'm going to do? Just like, I love talking about wrestling. This show, I have literally called you where I'm like, dude, I just really don't feel like doing the show. Ten minutes into talking, because I love to talk, I'm like, let's go. And I'm all fired up. But today, I was actually looking forward to the show because I knew I got to do it with you, which it had been a while. And, uh, yeah, so I was just like, I was looking for a good way to cap off this I wouldn't even call it a bad day. It wasn't a bad day. Nothing bad happened. It was just almost like just a long day. So uh, Right. It's like one of those days where, you know, you've got something you're, you're looking forward to, and there's just got to be, like, stretches of days of nothing for the most part to lead up to that one glorious day. And those days are always the most irritating, always the most just like, oh, my God, like, why can't it just be, like, two weeks two weeks from now like when i can be where i want to be that's what you're feeling right now with cody mania yes and i would like to tell people like my friends attempt to bother me i'm pretty much unbotherable for the most part but i found uh what if cody loses to roman and it's like my line is the same the goal was cody to main event wrestlemania the goal is that's the accomplishment that's what i'm going to watch do i want him to beat roman of course I'm a Cody fan. Of course I want to be Roman. But if he doesn't, he main evented WrestleMania. I mean, the list of people that main evented WrestleMania in a one-on-one match is not very long. Especially with Roman basically doing it every year for, like, ever. It's yes. not a long list. So I'm like, on that list will be Cody Rhodes. That can't be taken away. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm very happy for that and excited. I'm ready, I'm ready, excited for WrestleMania. Uh, but I'm also was excited and pumped up. And this kind of a segue for the main event we had tonight, yes. dream match. And yeah, they're like, yeah, yes, this is an AEW podcast, and AEW is my preferred brand of wrestling and storytelling. It's like, yes, Cody has my attention right now, but. My heart belongs to Tony Khan, of course. He, he, there you he, go. My heart and mind belongs to him. So we, we're, we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. But I am now in a way better mood than I was when this call started. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, guys, I want to thank you for your patience. Uh, first of all, with me, like I said, it's college basketball, NCAA tournament stuff. Crazy things are happening with Michigan State, making it back to the Sweet 16. We've been dealing with a lot of that. I've also had high school basketball finals take place. The girls wrapped up. The guys are going to be starting actually tomorrow 
in East Lansing. It's going to be a very exciting time for that. I've been busy. I've been doing a lot. I've been very tired, but I've also been amped up. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but I have been able to make sure. I told Floyd, I'm like, right after this, Dynamite is done. We are doing the podcast. I can't miss this because I wanted to talk about this show. I wanted to talk about the last couple shows, too. That that Pillars promo, holy fucking shit, I love that. I just got to mention because I didn't get to. I love that shit. Uh, the rebar mitzvah and all of it. It was amazing. Um, but I finally am able to be back on this show. Hopefully, um, after this week, I should be back on a normal schedule because things will slowly die down as we get prepared for spring sports. So yeah. glad that I can be back, and I'm glad that um, I can be doing this podcast for y'all because I love doing it, and I love doing it with my boy Floyd. I can't wait to see him in Vegas. I know because I found out today that he will be in Vegas for Double or Nothing, as will we, and we're going to kick it. It's going to be amazing. Like, I'm going to take him out to dinner after the show. Like, because we got an early show in Vegas. We're going to get dinner. We're going to get some hard rock or some shit. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, so we got a lot to talk about with uh, the recent Dynamite that took place uh, in uh, Independence. But before we get into everything, we want to make sure that you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And you can listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to the show. Thank you. And we'd appreciate it if you give us a share with your friends family co-workers whoever you wish and you can also rate and review the show it really means the world to us and if you would like as well you can follow us on twitter at at elite pod at social suplex are the guys that make this show possible check out all the other shows they have on their network i am at austin sumowitz s-z-u-m-o-w-i-c-z and floyd is at floyd johnson jr on twitter now the big news of the week was that today AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door 2, taking place in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, went out in pre-sale today. I unfortunately did not realize this. I got no emails. I got no pre-sale codes. I got no nothing. I don't know what happened. I normally get those. I got it for Detroit uh, Dynamite. Didn't get it for any of this. It was crazy. I don't get it. But regardless, uh, the pre-sale was a very big success. And again, there's no matches announced for it whatsoever. There's no nothing. It's just the fact that they're doing Forbidden Door again. It's going to be their first pay-per-view in Canada. Uh, and it's a huge moment for them. And it did very, very well in the pre-sale. So I'm just going to say, Canada are crazy. You could be doing another pay-per-view the month after that, and it will sell out. Toronto, very big area in Canada. Uh, Maple Leafs tickets apparently are the most... My friend, uh, I work, I have a co-worker from Canada, from Toronto, and he says Maple Leafs tickets are the most expensive thing in that city, right? So, they are a group that shows up, and you have a lot of people excited to travel for first Canadian AEW, first Canadian pay-per-view. So, we got a lot... You, you got to travel, and you got a very rabid fan base in Toronto, so it's going to be exciting. I, I, I did not see a sellout, but I never really even thought of how it was going to sell. I did not join it because I don't have a passport. So uh, <laughs> it, they're not cheap. So I'm waiting until I get back to Mania and I'm going to do the rush thing to get a passport. But I want to make sure the passport is coming and then I'll commit to buying you know a ticket. I did buy my plane ticket to Buffalo. So I'm going to drive from Buffalo to Toronto. I did buy that plane ticket because, you know, you can cancel a plane ticket and then use that towards something else. But, you know, I didn't want to have to resell the ticket or whatever. So I wanted everybody to get the ticket. So I'm going secondary market for my Forbidden Door ticket if the passport comes in time for me to go to the show. 
Yes, and I I was thinking like it was a possibility that me and my uh, my sister could possibly make the show because Toronto is only a less than four hour drive uh, for us. Uh, of course, us being Michigan boys, like we can literally get into Canada in like by the toll. It's like it literally takes us like want to say like like an hour or so, maybe two, maybe maybe an hour and a half to get to Canada. So it is not a difficult thing for us to do. Um, but because of that, um, like I said, like we missed the pre-sale. It was a bummer for us. Uh, and we already got tickets to go to Double or, uh, to Double or Nothing and to AEW Detroit, number two. So I think we've hit our limit. I also bought Ed Sheeran tickets and went crazy on that. I've been, I, I, I need to save a little bit, just a little bit, so... I, well, I think we'll be unfortunately missing out on Forbidden Door 2. Um, y'all are going to have an incra- a crazy time if you got tickets or if you're going to get tickets in the uh, general sale this Friday. Um, but uh, I'm glad to say that I got to attend the first Forbidden Door. Um, but yeah, but I'm glad to see that that show is already like people are like, yes, we want that show immediately because, I mean, it's selling out just on name value. That show is a must go event if you can. It's huge. But yeah, with that, it's one oh, of those. Th- I was gonna say it's one of those things that I've always said. I, I I'm very into. I want AEW to blow up. I want to the, the tickets to be so popular that I can't get a ticket. Right, and it feels like today was that kind of day. And these are the kind of days I love. I know it's weird because you know I go to everything that you wouldn't think that I would want it to be that difficult, but I do because at some point in time whether it's sooner or later i won't be able to go to shows right so i want to know that just because i can't go they're still doing well you know what i mean because you want AEW to be around 20 years from now 30 years from now after i pass away so it's like it has to be about more than me when it comes to you know uh this kind of show so you know, maybe I throw a party at my house and have a forbidden door party, you know, or something like that. But I, we could actually record a show after a pay-per-view for once because we never get to do that. We don't, and we need to because we literally missed the opportunity with Revolution. So yeah, we, we need didn't to even do- get to cover Revolution because I was at the show. So, uh, no, uh, we're going we're gonna to do... We're gonna do some things, so hopefully. Yeah, we'll- hell, what we should, what we should honestly do is just after double or nothing, since we'll all be in Vegas, like you, me, City, and Floyd, all get in a hotel room and we just talk about the show. Absolutely, I'm down for that. Let's let's get it. Let's go. Right, let's go. So, but yeah, we'll make all that happen. Yeah. Forbidden Door is killing hottest ticket in wrestling right now. Uh, yeah, just uh, and it, people, people, let Floyd, the person that goes to all of these things, tell you. Do not buy a scalp ticket now. There is no reason to buy a scalp ticket now. Yes. The show is not till June 25th. The closer you get to the show, the lower the ticket prices because there are going to be people that have bought like 10 and 15 tickets and they literally won't have anything to do with them. So just be patient. Yes, please, please. But. We can now move on to AEW Dynamite taking place from Independence, Missouri. Uh, we opened up, actually, out of nowhere, out of the intro. We opened up in the uh, garage area of the arena, and it was Matt and Nick Jackson being loaded into an ambulance, uh, taken to a hospital after they were attacked. Hangman Adam Page was there trying to make sure they were okay, and he was following them back, basically. 
Kenny Omega was also there, but Don Callis was like, no, 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 no. Like, you got a match tonight. Like, you got to be focused in on that. And Kenny was obviously distraught about it. His mind wasn't in the right place. He was frustrated. Um, and uh, that was the end of that segment. Now, Floyd, of course, we love what's been happening with the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman and the stories they've been doing on being the elite, the text conversations that they've used and them on the phone, like Hangman on the phone using a banana as a phone and talking and then flipping the picture frame. The stuff they're doing on being the elite is very, very good. When they, when eight, when the elite get to do stories with themselves, they do really, really good. Um, but I have a question to you, Floyd. Um, there was a there was a production truck that had a specific part of it covered up by tables and cardboard. Did you see that? I did see that, and I saw the post online about it. Yeah. What were what exactly were they covering up there? Uh I think a certain Chicago made wrestler. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, uh during during a segment that features all the members of the elite. I got a feeling it's gonna be good. Just 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 mentioning that. Also, if I would have uh done a AEW uh, revolution interview, I mean a uh, podcast uh, review. When uh, MJF was screaming, I'm the best in the world. My current t-shirt uh, says otherwise. I, I refer to the t-shirt on who's the best in the world. And well, I'm just letting well, you know that. My shirt that I wore that day said better than the best in the world. and had MJF We're not talking about that shirt. That shirt, they, they, they can't sell those shirts. They're stuck in a warehouse. The only shirt that have been bought are two. The one you have and the one you bought me. Those are the only two shirts they've sold of that. Yeah, um... So MJF better than the best in the world. They, uh, I know they moved one shirt uh, at least. They, you no, you moved two shirts. The only two shirts they sold of that were yours and the one you bought me. There's nobody else who bought that shirt. I have not seen anybody wear yeah. that shirt. And I only bought it because for a troll. And then I had to wear it to the show because you know, just like I was like. And I, what I, happened to the show that you wore it at? Oh, that guy lost. That's right. No, I know I wore it to Revolution. Yeah, Revolution 2022, the one that he lost at. No, no, I wore it to Revolution 2023, the one that he won at. Oh, because you're a jackass. Yes, okay. yes, because he is better Look, than you're one for Look, you're one for yeah, two. Yes, because right? he, he only won one time dude, with that shit. think about all the people that uh, in their careers can say they beat CM Punk straight clean in Chicago, clean as a whistle in Chicago, and and uh, made Brian Danielson tap out in an Iron Man match. I don't remember it being pretty clean. I remember uh, a, a wrist tape being used and distractions and all you different know, I, kinds I, I, of stuff. Let me tell you. Uh, I don't remember the ref calling any of it or being a DQ. Clean as a whistle. Beat him. Nah. Beat him twice. In Chicago, beat him twice. Nah, we're not even. Gonna, we're not even gonna get. I we're not even gonna get in this because as of right uh -huh. now, that man don't even go here anymore. Yeah, it, it was like it's. Piper in Portland, you know, Brett in Calgary, and it was it was CM Punk in Chicago. Now it's like, oh no, it's MJF in Chicago now because he he's undefeated against CM Punk in Chicago. So, uh, sure. but no, uh, no, like I said, it's it's hey, you know, I'm a punk guy. I want punk to come back as long as he understands his place. He's not as good as MJF. And we're good, you know. That's all I need to, you know. That's where we're at. I'm just that. pointing. I'm just pointing it out because it's funny. First of all, I would have thought that in the time that uh, All Out happened, that those trucks would have been changed to not have him on there. So the fact that there was a truck that still had him on there, Dude. a, I find is funny. Dude, and, B, and everything they did, 
they it, it drew more attention to exactly him. like they and I, like I said, I have been of the opinion. No insider information. I only say no one tells me anything. I don't ask anything. I enjoy wrestling. I always call this a fan podcast. I am not a newsmaker. I am a hundred percent certain that CM Punk is coming back. hundred percent. And I, I, I am a. I would love it if that happens, but I'm just not. I can't deal with this shit no more. And Man, if I if I end up being wrong, I you know what? In that case, one case, if it, it ever comes out, because that's what will have to happen. It will have to come out. And Tony Khan has to hold a press conference and say, basically, CM Punk is never coming back to AEW for me to believe it. That's the only way. And if he does it, I will get back on this show and be like, dude, I was wrong. I read the room wrong. And you know what? Because I always say when I'm not right, I'll forget it. Not that one case. I will not. I will come on and say I'm wrong because I am that sure, that sure CM Punk is coming back. I'm just gonna wait and see. But no, again, I mean, we are covered him up. Being... You covered him up, but uh, you covered him up with tables and uh, cardboard. Thought it was funny. Yes, and it's just like this. This, yeah. Uh, I, it, like I said, it drew more attention to the fact that it, you know, was CM Punk, and it's just like this is crazy. This is crazy, and it's like, you know, yeah. I've been calling CMFTR for a while, but it's like. If, if CM Punk wanted to come back to Black Bull Combat Club, you know how he works. It kind of falls in line with the Blackpool Combat style, you know, straight, straight uh, fist, you know, just all furry, you know, like MMA kind of thing. So I, I would dig that too. So absolutely, I would but see. but we move off now to the opening match, which is a trios match between uh, AW International Champion. Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Sting facing off against Kip Sabian, The Butcher, and The Blade. And fun thing about this match, the really cool thing about this match was that uh, I loved that because Orange Cassidy was teaming with Darby Allen and Sting, he felt the need to have face paint. So his face paint was just a simple O and a C on his cheeks. I thought that was a lovely little touch. And here's the deal with this match. I absolutely absolutely love it sting and the way that he interacts with with orange cassidy he is just having a ball with this shit him inner inner uh uh doing orange cassidy's roll away when someone's trying to do a top a top rope move is hysterical the way that he did that going from one end to the other then when he did the kick and then like his fucking sting like chest bumps but to the effort that oc gives fucking kills me every time it's the funniest thing in the world and then eventually he goes hulk he goes crazy and then he starts doing it for real um eventually he was able to get kip with the scorpion death lot death drop uh and that was special and then it was a really cool moment where it was like orange cassidy gave uh Sting his uh his uh his shades and he's just wearing them and he puts his hands by his pockets and while he's doing that and Sting's enjoying the twilight of his career you can see Darby looking up at the double or nothing uh banner up in the cra- up in the rafters and he's looking at the future of his career and he's looking because he knows he wants that AEW World Championship so I loved how Sting's like you know enjoying himself you know he's having fun uh in his career for his 
for his last run, and then you got Darby, who's still got so much that he can accomplish in AEW, and he's looking at Double or Nothing. He's like, that's where I make my moment. And I thought that was a really cool ending to a match that was a lot of fun. It was a nice, fun trios match to open things up. Uh, and Kip with purple hair, it weirds me out. It kind of just weirds me out, I gotta say. So, uh, 20 years from now, uh, people will write wrestling books and they will talk about the booking of Sting in AEW and how perfect it has been. This is how you book a legend, right? Especially a legend the caliber of Sting. This is how you book him. It's, it's just done so well, I'm in awe. Because they do it in a well where he doesn't really beat anyone that matters. You know what I mean? Like, and if he does, it's in a tag team match or something. He's not pushed as, he's pushed as a legend, as an icon. He pinned Kip, you know what I mean? He didn't pin Kenny Omega, he pinned Kip. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no disrespect, but I'm talking about how Kip is booked. Not based on any type of talent, actually. Fan of Kip Sabian. But, uh, how he's booked, he just, this was an opening match. There was no stakes. It was okay for Sting to have fun and do the kicks like Orange Cassidy. And, and, and in that way, Sting doing Orange Cassidy stuff kind of gives the rub more than Orange Cassidy. And then Darby has that permanent thing. And I don't know. It just, it's just, he's so perfectly booked. This match was so perfectly laid out that it's just like, I mean, almost <clears> in awe because it's like, it seems like they make it look easy and you wonder why you know this hasn't been the way things have been done forever it's like you bring back a phenom and it's like oh i gotta put him in the title picture and what they've shown sting has never gotten a title shot not a tag title shot not a tnt title shot not anything nowhere near the title but every match he puts on is entertaining yeah no question about it um we'll move off from that to the AEW world tag team championship match between top flight and the guns Really strong match. Honestly, Top Flight did a really good job, and I enjoy their high-flying uh, moves. Um, but eventually, though, what happens is, as uh, it looks like the uh, Top Flight might be getting close to possibly grabbing the titles off of the guns, the Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, come out. They ambush Darius Martin. The guns then grab Dante with the 310, and 310 to Yuma, and then that is going to be the pinfall win on Dante Martin as top flight chase the kingdom and Maria Canellis is just watching uh, from the sidelines uh, and my mindset uh, no disrespect but my mindset anytime the kingdom comes on screen is like I can look at I'll look at Maria I love Maria I think she's wonderful I can deal without the other two personally most mostly Mike's fine Taven I could care fucking less uh, but that's besides the point what really matters is what happened after the match, after the Guns retained the titles. FTR comes about. They made their illustrious return at Revolution, and they want to talk business about the AEW World Tag Team titles. The Guns are adamant that there's nothing they can do or say that will ever get them another title match against the Guns as long as they hold the tag team titles. And FTR goes like, listen, if you beat us, we will never tag. We will never tag together in AEW. And he's like, "Are you not hearing us? No, there's nothing you can say. 
Dax's response after Cash gave his offer was, Dax says, if we can't beat you and win those AEW tag team titles, we will quit AEW. The guns tell them they have a deal, and both of them spit in the face of Cash and Dax. Dax got the worst of it. Fucking Dax had just this fucking awful loogie in his face. Gotta say, disgusting. He bre- Like, listen, you better get Dax, like, fucking a trip to a fucking salon or something like that. You you do that to him, he, he deserves, like, fucking just some nice treatment after that awful loogie. Gotta say. So, FTR, the guns, one more time. If the guns beat FTR, FTR leaves AEW. Floyd, we go to the FTR, man. Your thoughts on this? Oh, this is absolutely brilliant. And it shows how you can use social media and different forms to build a match. Not coincidentally... Uh, uh, Sunday, uh, Dax tweets out that he had just gotten off the phone with Cash and they had decided on their future. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, this is, this happened. He said, uh, I just got off the phone with Cash. We've decided that we're going to do it come April. Nothing is official yet, so legally can't speak on it. But in the next couple of weeks, we'll let all of our fans know. We owe it to you for y'all, for the opportunities we have in front of us. Love y'all. Okay. I don't know. We don't know if Dax is signing back. On the next episode of Dynamite, they did sign up for uh, We're Gonna Quit Match. So, the one time in this you know, we all know we all know wrestling is a work. We all know this. I'm not saying this like I'm telling you something. But what they have managed to do, as long as there's no spoilers, there's no leaks on their contract situation, there you actually don't know who's gonna win the match. And when is the last time you've actually felt that way? They could lose and go back to WWE. They could win and re-sign with AEW. If they lose, it gives the guns, uh, gives the guns that whole, uh, you know, like gives them, like, uh, what is it? I'm thinking of like a trophy on their wall. They, they got rid of FTR from AEW. If they win, they're the tag team champions. The belts are where they're supposed to be. The tag team divisions are where they're supposed to be. After they win the belts, of course, they announce that their contract's extended. This can go either freaking way. This is genius. When is the last time you've had a retirement match, right? And you went in and didn't know who was going to win. I can't honestly tell you like that. Yeah. It's like you look at Jericho and MJF with a retirement. Everybody knew Jericho was winning that match, right? Like, logically, Jericho wasn't retiring, right? Loser leaves matches. They really haven't had one in AEW. They had the Cody, if I don't win, I'm going to lose the title match. And it was perfectly done because at the time, Cody was hot. You could see him being the world champion. You could see him losing. So when he lost and he could never challenge for the title, it, it actually works. 
And then, so it is actually set up right now. And then the Young Bucks did it like a year later at Full Gear with FTR. If they lost, they never challenged for the titles again. Basically because they're kind of dicks. But they did it, and uh, we all knew they were going to win that match at that point, right? Like It was like, oh, we're going to win it. So this harkens back to the Cody one where you literally have no idea who is going to win this match. It is perfect. Um, honestly, it will probably take an uh, act of God for me not to be at this match. I was going to say, man, you will for sure be. Wherever they announce this match to be, you will be there. I know I, that. I don't That's care that. if I have to jump in the Honda Civic and drive to Pittsburgh. I will be there. So uh, this is... Uh, this is, yeah, because whether it is their last match and it's their last match in AEW, whether it is them winning the titles again, which I was there for the first time they won the title, it's a big moment in their career. I got to be there. I even sent out a tweet to uh, TK, just give me notice. Please don't announce on Monday that it's happening in St. Louis on a Wednesday. Don't do that to me, TK. Come on. You're my boy. Don't do that for me. Don't do that to me. That would hurt. Because... That's going to make for a very long day for me because I would Wednesday morning, I would have to drive the seven hours to St. Louis, probably right. sleep two hours somewhere, maybe in my car, try to stay up and drink bang through the show. Then I have to drive back overnight to get back to Oklahoma to jump on a plane to go to L.A. Yeah. So that would make my life miserable. So I would I, I prefer it not be St. Louis, but hey, it's going to be what it is. I'm looking forward to it. I think this was brilliant. Brilliant. I think this was so brilliantly done. And I you do and like in my eyes, do the false finish, right? Where uh FTR uh uh the guns get DQ'd on purpose, right? And it's like you didn't win the title. You said if you didn't win the title, you would retire. And then like TK restarts the match or some stupid shit. Or, you know. You know, the guns just beat FTR. And, you know, probably with interference or whatever, but they beat FTR. Either way, it works. And it's done. And this comes from two students of the game. Tony Khan that's been watching wrestling his whole life. Dax Harwood, who studies wrestling like anything. This is perfect, 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 perfect. I can't be more excited for it. Yeah, no question about it. It's going to be a huge moment when that happens. We had a backstage segment where Jade Cargill uh, had Smart Mark Sterling, and they had a cease and desist to stop Taya Valkyrie from using Jade's finisher, the Jaded. Um, and that was in response to uh, Taya Valkyrie using that finisher. Layla Gray then challenged uh, Taya to a match on Rampage. Uh, and we then moved from that. I will say, also because I wasn't able to talk about this, um, it's cool to see Taya Valkyrie uh, in AEW. I think it's a cool little thing. Um, if they're trying to set her up as the person to beat uh, Jade, though, I don't think she's it. Me personally, I I just don't. That's just me. Um, I don't know where we go with Jade right now. We've been stuck for a while, and it's quite disappointing, I will say. So... You know, everyone, I believe it's pretty much out there that everyone knows the original plan was Chris Statlander, right? Yes. That was the person person supposed to be. And what AEW has done, they have been really pig-headed about changing plans, right? Yes. So it still could be Chris Statlander. 
I would love it if it's still Chris Statlander. I would because I love Chris and I think she's I, the right. I think, she would be the best pick, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think he. I think she is the logical pick, and with Taya Valkyrie giving her, you know, something to do, you know, I, I like I said, I would build this up to where it's Ty and Jay at at uh, double or nothing if Chris isn't going to be back in her in time. I would drag this storyline out. I would have Jade basically making her earn the uh, title shot, and then you do it. And maybe Jade finally doesn't win a match, you know, like straight up win a match or whatever. But I think, you know, Ty is a veteran of the, the ring. I think this needs to be a feud that Jade comes out on top on. Yeah, it can't just be like the one match. It's like we need Jade to have a feud where like there's actual like weight to it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, she's going to beat Layla LeGray. And it's like, because, you know, that's what it always does. But it's just like, don't just like, oh, she beat Layla LeGray, now she gets a title shot. Make Jay kind of scared of her. You know, like, yeah. Jay don't want, I doesn't want to wrestle Taya Valkyrie. Like, or have, like, Jay. or have Taya do something to really piss her off and get under her skin, force Jay to, to take the match. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and it's just like, make... Not just use her finisher. That's not enough. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, let's let's... You can do more. Like, you know, we they got some of the best brains in wrestling that work for AEW. Tony Khan being one. Make Jade interesting. They're like, so make this interesting. Make us care about Jade versus Taya. Yep. There you go. We then had the no DQ match between FTW champion Hook versus Stokely Hathaway, rocking his uh, Nation of Domination gear. Uh, now this match happened after Hook beat uh, Matt Hardy, uh, and he was all he couldn't. He had to tap out so quickly because he was in so much pain, uh, which set up uh, Stokely Hathaway to face Hook. He got on mic and said, uh, "Doc Samson." He told him he's not cleared to wrestle, and he also wanted to add on top of that he's announcing his retirement. And he gave his doctor's note to uh, Justin Roberts to make it official. Justin goes, with all due respect, this just says I'm sick on a written on a receipt from Wingstop. And Bryce Rensburg takes the receipt, tears it up. Stokely Hathaway runs away. Hook chases him. And he's just like knocked all around. There's a point where he gets hit and he's just like trying to fucking scoot away. Um, Stokely is funny as shit. I still think he's incredibly funny. There was a point where he got a uh, fire extinguisher in the eyes of Hook. Uh, he tried then to take a steel chair. Didn't work out. And then he got suplexed into a steel guardrail. Red rum. Match is over. Hook gets the win. This was a fun little just like silly little thing with uh, Stokely Hathaway and Hook. Um, I'm, I, I'm all for keeping Hook on TV because as much as I still think uh, he's over, I think there may be a little bit of him slipping off because it's been a while since he really started going and I think having him on more helps him get that heat back because I felt like he lost a little bit of the buzz that he had, but I thought this was fun and it did what it needed to do. I don't feel like it did what it needed to do. <laughs> okay. I, I really enjoyed, like it was fun. Stokely is very entertaining, but this should have been set up to set up the next feud for hook. 
that's the thing though is that now we we don't know what they're gonna do with hook yes yes but let's and that's the thing if it, if it does if there's nothing that comes out of this where we don't know what hook is doing and this is just what they're what they've had for hook and then it's kind of like well you know we don't have anything else that was kind of where our plans stopped then yes we have a problem dude like like seriously lance archer or any big dude just comes out right and oh stokely knew his group couldn't come out so he hired someone else to come in Choke slam hook, you know, and Stokely beats Hook, and that leads to his next uh, thing. But right now, it's just like, oh, Hook, Hook beat Stokely. I'm like, uh, I guess. Like I said, yeah, I, I, like, I kind of tuned out. I, like when the match started, I was, I, I just kind of tuned out because it's like, I don't, I don't want to see Hook beat up Stokely. I like Stokely. Stokely's funny. Well, I want yeah. him to get beat up, and then it's just like, so I was hoping it led to something, and then it just ended, and I was just like. My jaw just kind of dropped, and I was like, oh, so that really was just Hook beating up Stokely. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, all right. All right. All right. All right. I mean, I mean it, it's a choice, and that's what you have to do in wrestling is to make a choice, you know, and they made a choice, and not the choice I would have made, of course, because I'm a fan, and I always want the story to lead to something else. I was speculating like a mug. On who attacked the Young Bucks tonight. Even though they pretty much made it obvious who attacked the Young Bucks. But I wanted it to be more. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. So I I, I get caught up in my wrestling fandom just as much as anybody else. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But we'll move on, though. From this, we had Adam Cole come out. Teasing about how he'll be making his in-ring return from injury in seven days. He feels great. He knows there's a lot of questions, mostly the big one being who his opponent will be for March 29th. That's when Daniel Garcia comes out, going, who was ready for story time with Daniel Garcia, baby? And he just starts fucking, like, just mugging it up and dancing to himself. And he said, look, I've become a real veteran since you've been gone here in AEW, and I've become a locker room leader. And as a locker room leader, I want to welcome you back, but put you back in your place. He's like, you don't know. I don't know if you remember, but let me update you. Brody King beat him. Ricky Starks beat him. Brian Danielson, I've beat him too. And I've made invented more AEW programming in the past year than anybody in the company. What makes you so special? Because he is the best. He said, I'm the best pro rep sports entertainer. Good touch. Like that a lot. I thought, I thought, I loved how the crowd also was like, oh, he nearly said it. He nearly said it like how they still held on on that and he said what's so special about me when they ring the bell that's what makes me special and he goes like look you're good you could be the guy who could lead some change around here but the problem is the company that you keep the jas they make you overconfident and he said if you if you're crazy enough to challenge me then you're on adam cole versus daniel garcia first time ever next week on dynamite and it won't just be a wrestling match it'll be a statement and he said I hope you realize what you're in for because I promise you it's going to be a great night for me, the AEW fans, but for you, not so much. And goes boom. So Daniel Garcia versus Adam Cole in Adam Cole's return after four plus months of being out with injury. Um, I'm stoked for it. I'm so excited for it. And of course, this will also lead into AEW All Access, which will make its debut next week after Dynamite. It's going to be a big night. I'm very excited to see Adam Cole back in the ring. He's on a tear. And, like, the, his babyface run, too. He's just – that's the thing about Adam. 
He plays a good heel, but he's so likable everywhere else. On Twitch, in person, he's just likable. So the fact that we're allowed to cheer for him, I'm all for it. So Adam Cole is my pick to beat MJF. He's been my pick to beat MJF. Yeah. And when everybody's like, I was like, it's Adam Cole. I don't know if it happens. It's over nothing. Well, doubt it. All out. Full gear, whatever. He's been my pick to eventually beat him because he's such an over babyface. He's so good at being a babyface. He never had his prominent baby race run in NXT. He was a babyface, but it was just like, not really. He ended up being in that transition to the new NXT or whatever. Screw all that. This could be his babyface run. He's coming back from concussion. Uh, he uh, almost career-ending concussion. That always helps for a babyface run. You're going to have the backstage thing where he's going to talk about almost having to retire and all that stuff. That's just going to make him more endearing. He has Britt, who is literally one of the most endearing people in AEW, to the point where they had to change her, turn her face because people didn't want to boo her anymore. You know? So we're at that point. He's going to be the guy. Daniel Garcia's amazing wrestler. He he's dude. It's like I he makes me think the future is coming a lot earlier because he's just such a good wrestler. He is like everything AEW. When you like who is your prototypical AEW wrestler is Daniel Garcia. He goes out there. He he's growing at his off uh, off the mic and character stuff. But when that bell rings, that dude's amazing. You he doesn't not not entertain. He's always there. So uh, I'm looking forward to this because you got Adam Cole, consummate performer, uh, Daniel Garcia, really a performer. They're going to put on an amazing match. I'm looking forward to where it is, and I'm waiting. That crowd in St. Louis is going to be eating out of Adam Cole's hand. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so that, that's going to be that's going to make me happy. It's going to make your boy happy. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to Adam Cole next week. Yeah, uh, we then had a backstage moment where uh, Marvez went into the elite's locker room. Kenny Omega upset, saying like, "I should have been with his my friends. I should have been with the Young Bucks." And he's like, "Look, this is the best thing you can, that could have happened to you." Don Callis told him, "He's like, now, you know, they're gonna be okay. They'll be fine. Now you can focus on Vikingo. The God of Pro Wrestling is back. Your first singles match in so long." It's going to be special. And Kenny Omega obviously was having problems with it as Don Callis was trying to build up the match. Um, we then moved in from that to Stu Grayson back with AEW, uh, taking on John Moxley of the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, of course, continuing the feud between the Dark Order and the BCC. Um, and this was a good match. Uh, it was good to see Grayson back. You know, I always thought when he was the one, one of the members who left AEW, uh, I was like, man, that just kind of leaves uh, a little hole with the Dark Order. Because, I mean, like, I love Evil Uno. But I was like, he's been so tied with Stu Grayson with him and the Super Smash Bros. And just them as a tag team is really, really good. So I'm glad to see him back. But also, Uno proved me wrong with his unbelievable match against Moxley where he got the shit kicked out of him. He did so good in that match, I still have to say. Um, but this was a good match. Um, Grayson really fighting himself into this but eventually he gets, he's on the top rope he gets his nail moxley's nails into his back avalanche death rider Stu grayson gets pinned um and then they start beating the shit out of uh Stu grayson uh after the match uh, uh and well they start well back afterwards Stu grayson was jumped by moxley and uh the bcc um 
continuing to just go after them. So it was very much like, you know, you can see the BCC continuing their heel run uh, after this match was over and later in the show when they jumped him again backstage. Yes. Um, I'm tired of Dark Order losing. I mean, that's the thing, you know? I, I'm just like, I mean, it's to the point where I have no emotional investment in them winning or losing because I just know they're going to lose. Yeah. I, no, I, I mean, I understand the underdog and I understand something. They got to beat somebody. They're in every rivalry, it's just them losing over and, and it over can't, again. And it can't be just Hangman winning it for the Dark Order. They yeah. need to do, like I said, like I'm glad to see Stu's back because I would like to see you know, Dark Order maybe try to work themselves possibly towards the trios titles some, at some point um, or, or the tag titles yeah. um, because now they have numbers again. Yeah. Uh, but they just need they need to get some genuine like momentum back because again I love that Sue's back I love seeing the Dark Order but it's hard to get fully invested in them even as the BCC are just ripping them to shreds and you want them to get back up get one over on them um, it's hard to feel that way when they just lose all the time yeah it's just like um, you know Dax talks about the feel of professional wrestling. A great matches will get you so far. I love I I love moves as much as the next person. I know that uh, I I know that a dis a disappoint Dax a little bit if he hears that. Now I love moves, dude. Viking go tonight. We're gonna talk about it later. Moves, moves. Love me some moves. Love me some Ray Phoenix. Love me some moves. But at some point, I'm going to stop caring about the moves or anything. If there is no chance of you winning. And that's where I am. I was a Dark Order guy. You look and listen to the opening of the show. It's done by John Silver. Because I like the Dark Order. I thought this had some privilege. I never thought they were going to be. A top tier uh, faction. I thought they would be like a mid card faction. But dude. These dudes just lose. And it's just like. Why would you stay with a group that just loses. All the time. I mean, when Preston Vance left, I was like, man, yeah, yeah, I would have left too. All they do is lose. <laughs> like, <laughs> it feels like Barry Sanders on the lines in the 90s. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, win. Yeah, win. there it you is. Gotta, you you got to win sometimes. And it's just like, give them a lower feud. Give them uh, Jeff Jarrett's group. Give them... Uh, the truth busters or whatever you want to do, put them on dynamite and let them actually win a match. So I, when the next time they're in a match, I might actually think they were going to win, but I had no doubt who was going to win this match tonight. I knew Stu was going to lose this Moxley. He's one of the most protected people in the company. It was just like, give me a reason to believe Stu has a chance. No, for certain, for certain. Uh, we had a backstage segment with Ricky Starks who challenged juice Robinson saying like, look, I had to come back from my vacation early. Juice, you want to fight? You can find me on Rampage. Open challenge to you. Be a man or don't. I don't care anymore. I don't give a damn anymore. So announcement of that. And then we had another episode of QTV. Um, of course, I didn't get to talk about that with Q, QT Marshall going off on that report on that reporter, um, which was the funniest shit in the world. Like when you're getting owned on Twitter by QT Marshall. You should just fold yourself into a blanket and then go cry into a pillow because you shouldn't let that happen. I, I like, listen, 
all loved QT, but you shouldn't let that happen. And uh, his little QTV thing, it's been fun a little bit. Uh, it kind of gave us an announcement that Powerhouse Hobbs will be facing Penta El Zero Mero since Hobbs beat uh, Fenix the week before on Rampage, so now he's going to be facing Penta. Um, and... Yeah, I just want to say, I just thought QT owning that guy on Twitter was funny as shit. I thought that was incredible that that was uh, a thing that happened. Dude, yeah, he he owns everybody, and it's just like he doesn't apologize. And I even remember like when he owned someone, he's like, I I, don't, I didn't apologize. I just you know we we came to an understanding. He's like, I, he's not gonna even say that he apologized, and I love it. And tonight on QTV, which is probably one of my favorite segments of the week. Uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, one of my favorite segments of the week, uh, with, uh, this dude, Aaron Solo taking credit for, uh, hacking Dave Meltzer and putting up the thing about the hotels. That was funny. And I imagine that's going to be like when people mess up on Twitter or social media, it's going to all be QTV's fault. And that's going to be, yeah, somebody from the factory is going to take credit be like, I did that. Yes, because if you haven't seen Dave Meltzer's account, it is not, it is uh, like a shell. So it does look like something happened as far as Something has happened, yes. Yes. No, so. Anyways, we move off of that to the outcasts, Tony Storm uh, with Soraya and Ruby Soho at ringside facing off against Sky Blue. I love Sky Blue. I really do. I like seeing her on TV. It's frustrating that she is not really getting far in AEW she hasn't really broken through yet I'm hoping at least like what they do is they put her on Ring of Honor and she can kind of really work her way up there because Sky Blue is good she's good and her and Tony Storm had a pretty solid match um, but Tony Storm was able to get the win eventually um, they were going to spray paint uh, uh, Sky Blue after the match but we heard Riho's music and Willow Nightingale also ran out with Riho and fucking Rio runs out with a stead with a steel pipe, and I'm just like, holy shit, she's got a pipe, but she's also in a super adorable pink like outfit, but she's also got a lead pipe. I don't know how to feel. Like, how are you still kind of adorable while you're holding a weapon that can cause bodily harm? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I love Rio. I love Rio. I love her so much. Um, and. I will never stop loving Rio. She is. I mean, Rio having a pipe, the big pipe, is just like, it's great because it just makes sense. It does. You're you're going down there with three on PR, you're undersized as it is. You need something to equal the show up. What do you have? I got a big pipe. I'm going to hit you with it if you you stay. And of course, the heels leave. And I love it because it's just like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous visual. Because the pipe is seriously almost as big as her. You know, that that is the ridiculous visual of it. And I, I just thought it was pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of loving the outcast. I, I just think they have a vibe, a cool vibe. You know, they're cool. And I wanted to see it go. I want to see the story start going somewhere. I, you know, start moving forward. But right now, I have enjoyed them because they're just cool. They're, they're a cool three-woman group, and the, we're trying to see who steps up to them. And right now, it's Rio. Who, Rio, from your boy Floyd, we need we need a uh, meet-and-greet soon. Uh, I mean, double or nothing, come on to WrestleCon, whatever you want to do. I got some stuff I need signed, so... 
Yeah. 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 Uh, let's let's get you a meet and greet. And if anybody's being mean to you, I will come over there and be mean to them. Yes. They won't, they won't like that. No. There you uh, go. Yeah. But main event, Kenny Omega versus El Hilo del Vicango. Dream match that we were supposed to get back in December of 2021, but Kenny Omega was unable to face him for the AAA mega title because of his surgery. We finally got this match. Holy fucking shit. As someone who's only seen glimpses of Vigango, I've only seen glimpses glimpses of him. I've seen like bits and pieces that people have shared on Twitter and maybe slight little videos of his uh, matches and like video comp- compilations and stuff like that. This is like one of the first full matches I've been able to watch of this dude. He's ridiculous. He's absolutely unreal. From the jump, he just comes in flying out of the ring multiple times, uh, fucking mul- like literally shooting star press off of the apron onto the floor at one point. Uh, he then proceeds to, there's a point where Omega, uh, gets, uh, fucking, uh, a Rana to take him down onto the floor. And then, uh, oh, there was a brutal monkey flip off onto the apron that Omega gave the Congo. Uh, then as it looked like, uh, Omega was going to try to put him through the table, uh, Vikango hit a dragon Rana, then awesome bomb Phoenix splash. Literally, there's a point where uh, uh, Kenny Omega's on the top of the row, uh, on the top. He gets fucking like dragon thrown and he lands on his fucking head. And it looks vicious. The 640 through the table moves upon moves upon moves. As Floyd gave mentioned to, like, literally, this match was ridiculous. Like, I was just like, oh my God. Like, here's the thing. Everyone who is all, you know, I don't know who this guy is. And listen, I, I only had slight familiarity with him. I, I watch a lot of wrestling, but even I can say I wasn't fully familiar of this dude. I was just like the clips I've seen. And, you know, like, you know, those moves are cool. How is he in a full match is what you what you kind of feel like. You see that and you're just like, what the fuck? And he just hits every single moment with such fluidity. And now people know. This dude is unreal. I would, um, I would tell you, I actually argued against the video package. Yeah. You know why? Where it's just like, don't show, let, let this yes. be the, the first yes. thing you see. Let this be the first thing you see. The first thing you see is this dude just throwing 450s and 600s out of nowhere, doing things you have literally never seen before. There are people that walked away from the show as new fans of Viking Go, and they're going to go try to find them. Right. And I always say this, and you've heard me use this before. And if you listen to the show, you've heard it. The TV thing. Right. I don't know what, how many TV shows you watch. Right. But guess what? They have guest stars every week. And they in Brooklyn Nine-Nine has a guest star. And you might not have ever heard of that guest star. They don't show you a video package of everything they did before they got on the TV show. Do they? No, No. it is your responsibility as the TV viewer if you really need to know everything they did before they showed up to go find that out. Or you can just wait for the... uh, You can wait for the show. I'm not going to cuss. You can just wait for the show (laughs) and see if the person is good or not. 
This was your debut. This guy's in the ring with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega is excited to wrestle him. His first match in AEW is against Kenny Omega. Do you do you know? Do you need to know uh anything more than that? You know what I mean? Yeah. The seal of approval is Kenny's like, hey, let's let's wrestle. That's the seal of approval. That's all you need to know. And then he comes out and He's probably everything you thought he was and more moves with all the Z's after it. This dude does stuff I've literally never seen anyone do before. He does it so effortlessly. He does stuff that he does stuff that it looks like, like, oh, this is not going to end well. And every time it's perfect. It's it, and it's like beautiful. And it's like, that uh, the Karana, Hurricane Rana off the top ropes where it looked like he just spiked Kenny, uh, Kenny's head into the mat. Uh, the um, When he went through the table on the outside with the, I think, I can't even name all the moves. I'm going to be honest. Like, Excalibur was doing it and I couldn't even like, I couldn't even like, like retain everything. It was like, I know it's a six thirty centon. It's a quad flip, blah, blah, blah. This dude, it's a, it's a fucking whoop de whoop, splishy splash fucking. What the fuck? He looked like a street fighter character. Seriously. Literally. Like, these are moves you should be able to do in Tekken, not in real life. Yes. This is, this is, this dude was unreal. Like, I, like I, you asked me how many stars was the match. Dude, six now because it's just currently like, on 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 what is it cagefight.com yeah. like it's it's the second top ranked match right now yeah. uh, in the last year I think yes because you have this thing where no one has seen you do this and he see he did it in a way that like it was all an offensive maneuver he wasn't just flipping to flip he was flipping to build momentum to then hurt his opponent. And it's just like, and if anybody sees it any differently than that, understand we were watching something different, and I just accept I accept that you're wrong. This dude is <laughs> amazing. This dude is amazing. I don't like I don't know if you want to put him on your TV every week. Because he's such a he's such a spectacular like attraction. Dude, yeah. I'm like, I'm throwing him I'm throwing him in the title shot against MJF if they did a match at Long Island. No no number one contender needed because the more you see him, in this case, to me, the less special he is. Right. So I, I, I would keep him on retainer and just bring him in for big moments. This was an amazing moment to bring him in. If you were in Independence, Kansas tonight, I am jealous of you because, like every, like I hate, I have a huge fear of missing out. Right. But I had Mamie, so I was like, you know what? I am going to. I am going to be responsible and not go. And like I watched that match and my FOMO is all up in my throat right now. Yeah. Right? I'm like, dude, you saw that live. Oh my God. I can't believe that. Yeah, like I can't believe he pulled that off. It looked like he should have botched ninety times and he didn't any of them. Such yeah. a such a great wrestler. I am uh I'm high on Vikingo. I will tell you this. I'm one of those things because of the attraction aspect. I probably won't seek out more Iron Vikingo matches. I'll just wait till he comes so I can enjoy him as I see him. Yeah, there you go. But going through the finishing the match, though, 
eventually Vikingo went for or, or Vikingo went for the 630 Centon. Omega would dodge it. Then V trigger, vicious V trigger, one winged angel. Omega wins and he goes like, listen, like after Tony Schiavone comes in to interview him, he's like, the more time goes by, the more I'm wondering if I'm able to kind of still do this kind of stuff for you guys, for you fans. So thank you. The Blackpool Combat Club once again jumps in, attacks Kenny Omega, kind of given the idea that they were the ones that attacked the Young Bucks at the top of the show. You hear sirens. All of a sudden, the ambulance, it's coming back to the arena. Hangman has taken the ambulance and has exited from behind the wheel. He has a weapon in hand. He chases down uh, the BCC. They jump out. Don Callis then, while Hangman is staring down the BCC, grabs Hangman's arm. He's got like this spiked piece of wood and he starts grabbing his arm and like as it looked like he was almost about to hit him, but he didn't. He starts grabbing. He's like, let go of me, Donnie. Then falls, acts like he gets knocked out and he's in pain and he points to Hangman as Kenny Omega like gets consciousness back. And he, when Kenny gets up, he's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, and he's just, distraught and angry and upset and hangman's like he's lying to you this isn't real once again don's plan to try to keep pulling kenny away from the kenny omega away from the elite and continued like you know while hangman's getting close again with the elite kenny's getting further away because don does not want the god of pro wrestling to go back to just being in the elite he wants the god of pro wrestling to keep him in the green so Absolutely. Great way to end the show. Great Absolutely. way to end the show. Absolutely, and Hangman is such good, so good at the natural reactions. He's like, when he kind of looked at him about Don, he's like, why would I hit Don? There's no reason for me to hit Don. I came out there to fight him. He said those exact words, and it was just like, that's what you would say in that situation. It's like, you wouldn't even say, I didn't hit Don. You would say, like, what reason do I have to hit this non-wrestler? This dude is just standing here. What reason do I have it? And they're like, of course, this is all leading to me, to me for uh, Don to turn on Kenny and then, you know, go with Takeshi or whatever. Or maybe he's helping out the Blackpool Combat Club. Maybe he set up the Young Bucks. I like, there's so many maybes. That's good because I love maybes in wrestling. That's what I want. I want maybes. I want a lot of maybes in wrestling. It can go this way. It can go that way. That makes wrestling more entertaining. Don is very good. At the entertainment, uh, like just do being Don, you know, like I even say, and I've always said he's Paul Heyman level. They don't use it right. as much as Paul Heyman, but he really is on that same level as Paul Heyman. So I'm looking forward to how this goes down. But Blackpool Combat Club as the top heel faction in the company. Can't say I saw that coming. Yeah, no, this absolutely. I'm digging it. It's a cool way to change up the BCC now that, um, You've got uh, William Regal gone. I think it's the smart way where it's like now they're even more vicious. Um, but then also, too, dude, like, again, this was an unreal close to this dynamite. This match was ridiculous. I loved it. Um, and that closed out AEW Dynamite real quickly. We'll go through the matches that were announced for Rampage this Saturday because, again, we still have the NCAA tournament going on. So Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 9 p.m. Uh, uh, Central. And the matches that we have is Powerhouse Hobbs versus Pentagon, uh, uh, Penta El Zero Miro, uh, Layla Gray versus Taya Valkyrie, Ricky Starks will be calling out Juice Robinson, Brody King goes one-on-one with Jake Hager, and we get the acclaimed tagging uh, to face off against Kingdom. The OGK. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Now, uh, 
this is a loaded. I mean, this is five matches, loaded show. If you can on getting Saturday a Juice night. Robinson appearance, probably. Yeah, if you can on Saturday night, stay up. Your boy will not be staying up. I will be asleep by the time the show comes on because I'm old. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Will Hobbs has a fam- problem with the whole Luchero family apparently, uh, and he's you know trying to run his way through the whole uh, ROH main event. Uh, Layla Gray and Taya Valkyrie is going to be exactly what Layla Gray and Taya Valkyrie is. Ricky Starks calling out Juice. I wonder, 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 do we get Bullet Club presence uh, at the show? Yeah. Then we got uh, Brody King versus Jake Hager. Big, meaty man slapping meat. I like it. (laughs) Uh, I like it. And uh, Claim versus the Kingdom. So uh, the Kingdom is one of those things. Like, I like Matt Taven. I like, I like Bennett. And I like Maria, right? But honestly, don't really, I mean, they have to be book strong to matter. That's that right. Mean, when you're a loud mouth person like Matt Taven, you have to win. And it's just, they don't really win. So um, I'm looking forward to this match because I know it's going to be a good match. I know that they know how to work as a tag team. It's just, you know, I feel like the acclaim is just going to win and top flight might might have something to do with it so uh no uh looking forward to the rampage this week because it looks it's it it is a loaded card you have actually four matches and a call out segment so this is wrestling on wrestling on wrestling on wrestling so let's look forward to that absolutely uh but that's what we got for this week in AEW. I know there's one more little headline we want to mention before we close out this show. Floyd, you want to get to that? Yeah, AEW did kind of a press release, and they're going to, you know, the house rules is the name of their uh, house shows, and they're expanding in Canada, and they announced two companies in Canada, uh, two companies in Canada that are going to be helping them promote their house shows. I I mean, honestly, uh, if you want to know, Go to AEW site. I actually can't pull it up to tell you the actual names of the companies. But yes, they are expanding their house shows. So hopefully, hopefully Oklahoma can actually get a wrestling show. So that's what that I'm would thinking. be that would be huge if yeah, that was the case. Yeah, like get a house show or something because it's just like they I'm like, dude, my, I, I have to leave the state to watch AEW, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, no, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, they'll get to you, I'm sure, soon enough. Yeah, so eventually, eventually they'll get here. Yep. But I think that's going to close us out for this episode of All Things Elite. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in every single week. Uh, Thank you for being patient with me as I'm incredibly busy. But I, again, love being able to do this show. Um, And, yeah, I'm I'm grateful that y'all continue to listen. If you guys enjoy the show, keep sharing us. Whether you listen to us on Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Leave a rating and a review. And if you would like, you can follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys who make this show possible and have a bunch of incredible podcasts you should check out. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-C-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on at Twitter. And if Y'all want to cheer for Michigan State? I'm not telling you you have to, um, but it's going to be an exciting time for uh, March Madness. My bracket has been fucked completely. I had Kansas winning the whole thing, and I had them playing Purdue in the championship. It's not been a good year for me uh, for college basketball in that regard. We're not going to talk about it. We're just going to let it lie there. Um, But I will pass it off to Floyd so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. 
Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Welcome back to my good friend, Austin. Thank you for being back on the show. Thank you for everybody who's listening. Uh, you know, next few weeks, next few months, we're heading towards 200. So uh, we got to do something special for the 200th episode. But I, I, I do want to uh, shout out uh, my peoples. Uh, you know, like my friends, uh, John Cena, you know, they say you're, you are the best five, uh, the five closest people in your life. Right. They say that. And it's just like, I was really feeling that yesterday. I've done lost, I done lost some weight and I'm living a healthier life. And I realized that the reason this has been successful versus any other time it's been successful because the five people or the people that are closest to me. They're super supportive. They're super positive. They're always cheering me on. They've taken the negativity really out of my life. And I want to thank all of them. I've already told the five people who they are, so I'm not just going to name them. But I've already told them who they are. But just know I appreciate your existence because, you know, I you know with your support, I know, you know, getting smaller, getting healthier, working on living longer. You know, I, I know I'm going to be successful this time. So thank you to that. And uh, to all of you, I hope you are doing whatever you can in your life to be happy, whatever that means. Uh, as long as it's not illegal or hurting anyone else, uh, go ahead and do whatever it takes to make sure you're finding joy in life. Because from what I can tell, you know, unless, you know, reincarnation is a thing you only get one time. So enjoy the one time you're here and I'll leave you with I always leave you. Whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. To be elite, always do your best to be elite.